Hallelujah. It's so good to see each and every one of you in the house this morning. Amen. Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us and magnifying Jesus. That's what we're here for this morning. Amen. To our pastor we, and pastor's wife, we thank them for everything that they have done, for allowing us this opportunity to come here and to begin to worship and to begin to lead praise and worship and to have this opportunity to speak our hearts. We thank you from the bottom of our heart. Amen. Without any further, I would like to turn your attention to Judges chapter 16. Now, my text is quite lengthy this morning, but we want to, uh, we want to just read it anyway. Or the, yeah, there they go. <clears throat> there they are. Okay. Chapter 16 and verses 15 of Judges. If you don't have it, you can read it on the board. And she said unto him, How canst thou say that I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him and And so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all of his heart. And he said unto her that there hath not come a razor upon my head, and I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all of his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave seven locks of his head, and, she began to, and it began to affect him, and his strength went from him. And she said to the Philistine, be unto thee, Samson. And he woke up out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. Somebody say, shake yourself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistine took him and put out his eyes and brought him unto Gaza and bound him in fetters and brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Amen. You may be seated this morning. My text comes from, or my title this morning comes from the text of Judges, obviously talking about Samson's life. This morning, I want to just talk to you very briefly about the vocabulary of the victorious, vocabulary of the victorious. And when I began to study out Samson's life, and you can do the same, I will not take time to go in depth all through Judges when he was growing up and whenever he was beginning to fight battles and be victorious. But you will ultimately find that he was a very successful man. He was powerful. He was righteous and he was humble. Courageous but very strong. He was a very great man of battle. There wasn't a fight that he couldn't win or a battle that he couldn't overcome by the helping hand of God. He was a true man's man, so to speak, a man that sought the face of God, a man that warred for God in the hardest of times, but yet 
We still know him as the man that fell into temptation of a woman that he hardly knew and thus causing him not only to lose his strength, but to lose his vision. Now all of the good that Samson had done in the past seemed to be erased. Every good deed and every battle, every army that he conquered, everything that he overcame now seemed to vanish because of one mistake that he allowed himself to make. Dr. Andrew Newberg, a neuroscientist at Thomas Jefferson University, and Mr. Mark Robert Waldman, a communications expert, have completed a scientific study. And I'm not going to bore you this morning. I'm, I'm not leading you into a rabbit hole this morning, but I promise you everything's going to come to an end. But they completed a scientific study that concludes when we use positive words like love, peace, and loving kindness, we can modify our brains physically, mentally, and our, our, their functions by increasing some cognitive reasoning and strengthening areas in our frontal lobes. Using positive words more often than negative words can activate the motivational centers of the brain, the propelling us into action. The very things that we think and the very things that we speak and the very things that we meditate on is what will either propel us into a state of action or into a state of idling and depression. Perhaps this is why Proverbs 18 and 21 states that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. This is why we must be careful of what we allow ourselves to speak. Because it's the very words that we speak, what we allow to come out of our mouth will ultimately predict our outcomes the problem this morning isn't that we are in a bad situation in our life. And it isn't because our problems are too big that we can't overcome them. But our problem is how we react to those problems when they come our way. Not if they come our way, but when the problems come our way. And when the storm hits. And when that depression comes knocking at the door. And when that anxiety makes its way into our life. It is how we react to that. It's how we react to that whenever it comes our way. This morning, I want to present to you the idea that the words that are spoken in your life, not by outside people, but by you, is what will become your reality. Will you be victorious or will you be defeated? And the choice is up to us. The choice is up to us. We are not defeated by just being here and no, no fault to our own. We are not just condemned to life and all of the things that is in it because of just some random happening in the universe, but it is because how we reacted to some kind of action or something that we faced along the way at some point in our life. It is the things that we speak and the things that we say and the things that we do that either propel us into motion or allow us to sit idly by and allow the enemy to have dominion in our life. The things that you speak will be the very things that will come into existence. And if you don't believe me, maybe the young people can vouch for me on this because I did do this a few times whenever I was in high school or elementary I would act like I was sick because I did not want to go take that test at school. I hated it. Oh, oh, 
Like if I was just going to act sick today, the test wasn't going to be waiting on me tomorrow. So I would sit at home and I would play hooky and I would act like I was sick. And when and mom would bring the thermometer and it wasn't a digital thermometer back then. I mean, it was the real deal. And she would put it under my tongue and I would, I would, I would try to put it under the covers or put it between my leg and I would rub it like this and make that thing shoot sky high. Whoa, it was 103 degrees. But it never failed when I did that. The next day, you already know, the very next day or the day after that, I was really sick. Really, really sick. And it never failed. But because of how I acted, because of what I allowed myself to do, and the way that I perceived my current moment, is ultimately what happened in the days to come. Because I acted like I was sick these days, and because I dwelled upon that, at some point down the road, I actually became sick in my body. It's simply because what you speak into existence is what will soon become your reality. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but soon it will become your reality. It's what we allow ourselves to dwell on and to meditate on and to allow into our lives that will actually become our world. Just as God spoke this world into existence, we, me and you, can speak those miracles into our life. You may look at me and say, well, how in the world we can't perform miracles? We can't do this, that, or the other. But no, we have the power and authority through the Holy Ghost, which is what? God inside of me. That's why I must have the Holy Ghost. That's why I must have that thinking in my life because I know that I can speak things. I can speak over my life. I can speak over my parents, my friends, my my relatives. I can speak over their life, not because of what I am, but because of what is inside of me. And I can speak over that situation and I can plead the blood over my problems and my circumstances instead of bringing them to my pastor and, and, and just and, and nagging him about the same thing every day and every night and wearing him out with my problems. I can take them to the master and I can present them to him and say, I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood by the name of Jesus uh, and the Holy Ghost that is inside of me. Uh, I plead the blood over my family and I plead the blood over my situation and I plead the blood over my circumstances and over my finances in the name of Jesus and you can watch miracles start to work. But we have to realize that nothing and none of this will ever happen if we do not use effective vocabulary. I have been around people and I've been to different conferences and different things, uh, different things that the UPCI has established and I've went with friends of mine and church was rocking and the Holy Ghost moved and the power of God was spoken and the message was so prolifically written. It was beautiful. The the move of God was just so thick. The presence of God was so powerful. And we walk out of church and I, we go to eat, and they begin to talk about the service, and they say, man, that was good, but 
I, I, just, I just don't know if that was for me. I just don't know that I can actually accomplish all that that preacher said that I could accomplish. There was somebody that come and spoke a word into my ear and, and told me all of these great things that I could do if I would just do this, that, or the other for God. But I just don't really see myself. I just don't really see myself doing that. I, I, I can't do that. that. That's not me. I just, I can't, I can't picture myself doing that. I just, I just don't know that I can really overcome that fear in my life that the, that the preacher talked about. I have this problem physically, and I, I just don't think that that will allow me to move any further than I'm already at. It all sounds good, but, but I just don't know if it's for me. And this is the very reason Romans 12 and 2 tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, not the renewing of the spirit, not renewing of the physical, not renewing of the surrounding areas, but the renewing of my mind, Lord, allow me to be renewed in my mind. I want you to put up Judges 16 and 26 through 30. We're going to come back to Samson and we're going to finish this story. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, he was, he was, in, the, he was in the prison house at this time, suffer me not that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, and I may lean upon them. Leave that there. Go back to that verse for me, please. He had a plan in his mind. At this point, he had no vision. He had no strength. He had no direction. He had nothing in his life to look forward to, but he was sitting there in shackles, and I can just imagine... I, can, I just like to picture things sometimes. And, and, and I can imagine that he is having this transformation and this renewing of his mind. And God is beginning to speak to him some things. And God is beginning to give him some of that courage back. And God's beginning to speak to him. And, 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 he, and he has a plan. And he says, he says to the guy, he says, Suffer me not that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth. Tie me up to the pillars upon where the whole house stands that I may lean upon them and gain strength. The next verse. Now the house was full of men and women and all of the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson was made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged for the Philistines who have taken my eyes away from me. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up and one in his right hand and the other in his left hand. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he burrowed himself with all of his might and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were there. And so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his entire life. 
This was the transformation, the renewing of his mind. If you remember at the last scriptures that we read, he had given himself completely to Delilah and he had spoken his secret, his deepest and darkest secrets to her as though God wasn't listening, as though God wasn't there to see everything that happened. It was the sin that had became manifested in his life at that time by his current situation and his current problem. But at this time when he was uh, tied up to the There was a transformation that was going on in his mind, a renewing that said, despite where I'm at and despite the sin that I have committed and despite the thing that I know I have done, it wasn't anybody else's fault but my own. But God, I'm asking you, Lord, one more time, forgive me. I need vengeance, God. I need help. I need direction. I need understanding, Lord. Give that to me despite my sins, despite my failures, despite my flaws, God, I need you. I believe that it was his very words that were spoken that allowed him to gain that strength and God allowed him to do what he did. He could have laid there and felt sorry for himself. He could have looked at all the things that had happened in the last few days, in the last few hours from boldness to blindness and from courage to captivity. Have you ever been there before? From boldness to blindness? Have you, have you ever been from courage to captivity? Have you ever had strength and then it feels like you're staggering? Have you ever had joy one minute and then bondage the next? Have you been where Samson was when it feels like you're surrounded by the enemy? Just a few days ago, I was in church service and I felt so powerful. I felt so liberated in this Tuesday morning. I feel like I'm so weak and so just just caught up in my problems and my situations and I can't even focus on anything else but it was from joy to bondage but instead of letting his current situation dictate his state of mind he cried out to God one more time put can you put verse 28 up there for me one time I want you to look at these words I want you to study these words he didn't cry He didn't weep. He didn't just holler out and and, and belly aching for God to come to his rescue. But he said, I pray thee, God, remember me, strengthen me. He didn't say, please, God, will you strengthen me? I am just so lost and I don't know what I'm doing and I just have all of these problems and I give God a list of problems this long and then I I forget to worship and I forget to praise and I'm talking to myself this morning, but but I I have a list of problems this long, God, like you don't already know it, but I'm going to sit here for two hours and I'm going to list my problems and then I'm going to ask you to fix it. But Samson just simply said, oh God, remember me. I pray that you will strengthen me. I pray that you will one more time give me power, give me vengeance, God. Allow me to do this, Lord, one more time. It was that victorious vocabulary that allowed him to project himself into a state of strength and a state of understanding that he had to do what he had to do in order to kill all of the Philistines. And the only way to get out of his situation was to go to God and ask for help. Lord, strengthen me one more time. I know I've put myself in a tough spot and I know that what I've done was wrong, but God, remember me this one last time. 
It was his victorious vocabulary that allowed him to bring God down into his situation and give him the strength he needed. And I'm coming to a close that the musicians will come. But I'm here to share with you this morning that your victory is already here. Samson's victory was already there. He had all that he needed. He had the shackles. He had the boy that took his shackles off and put them around the pillars of the house. The shackles. He had the shackles. Well, that could be another message I could preach. I'm going to have to write that down. But sometimes the shackles that hold you down and sometimes the shackles that seem to be holding you to the problems in your life are the very things that will allow you to rip down the strongest holes that you have ever come to face in your life. Sometimes the things that it seems like you're just, you're sitting there and, and you can't move, but the very shackles, that, the very things that connect you to your problems are the very things that will allow you to bring down the strongest holes in your life. We're not waiting on God. Samson wasn't waiting on God. Samson wasn't in that state of just waiting. It seems like it on the surface. It seems like Samson was waiting on God to give him strength. But really God was waiting on Samson to cry out. Really God was waiting on Samson to say, God, one more time. One more time. Let me feel your presence one more time. Let me feel your anointing one more time. And can I just tell you this morning that God isn't, He's, he's already here. We're, we're not waiting on God this morning. We're not waiting on his presence to fall. Not really. We're not waiting on miracles to happen in our life. Not really. We're not waiting on that job to pan out. No. But God's waiting on us. God's waiting on me. God's waiting on you to make the first move. All right. What will come out of your mouth? What will you say? What will you speak? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the Taylor. mouth will speak. Taylor. What do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your relationship with God? What do you want to come to pass? Speak that victorious vocabulary battles. in your life. Speak victory. Speak words. Speak miracles. Speak yeah. peace and love and kindness. 70 BPM. Lord, let me speak those words of victory in my life. Let me have that victory. Let me speak positivity into my darkest situations. If you this morning, if you don't think you have a victorious mindset, if you you can't speak those positive words into your spirit, just remember who you have the pleasure to serve. Remember that he is omnipotent, that he is changeless, he is victorious, he is eternal and he is strong. He is omniscient, he is blessed, he is understanding, he's friendly. He's miraculous. He's omnipresent. He's everlasting. He is a mighty God. He is understanding. He's friendly. He's miraculous. He's omnipresent, everlasting. He's mighty, gracious, and powerful. He's glorious and he's perfect in everything that he does. He is crucified. He was supreme, is supreme, will always be supreme. He is resurrected and he is alive. You have the victory. Speak it out of your mouth this morning. Why don't you stand with me? We have the victory. And Lord, when I stop to think about all that you've done and I realize that I have no choice but to be victorious. When I stop and think about all you are and all that you've done and all that you will ever be. God, I just, 
I just know that there's no way I can serve you and fall. There's no way that I can serve you and fail. There's no way that I can serve you and come up short. But God, if I serve you, and if I'm really your child, and if your blood runs through my veins, God, I am victorious. I know that no matter what battle I face, I will be victorious. I will see things crumble. I will see mountains move, God. I will be victorious. Hallelujah. Why don't you worship this morning? These altars are open as they begin to worship. As-